Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Jeff Griffin. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, stories of inspiring achievements and community contribution. Every week, we will celebrate an award program category winner or finalist. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know that Australia is in good hands. Together with our corporate partners and not-for-profit partners, Awards Australia showcase ordinary people from right across Australia doing extraordinary things. If you enjoy hearing the stories of our inspirational Australians, please subscribe, rate us and review us. We'd really appreciate it. I'm really excited to chat with this week's podcast guest. He's a true inspiration for anyone that has a vision, but not necessarily the skills. He didn't let that get in his way, though. Maurice Schill is an extraordinary human who taught himself how to code and develop digital platforms so that he could create positivity and make a difference in the workplace. Maurice has a real passion for understanding the difference between appreciation and for recognition. Welcome to the podcast, Maurice. Thank you, Jeff. It's good to be here today. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm looking. I've been really looking forward to today. You're an amazing young man. You've got real uh, charisma about you. So it's really great to be chatting with you. Congratulations for all you do to better connect businesses with their employees. I, for one, am very interested in what you see as the difference between appreciation and recognition and why you feel they aren't the same? Mm. It's, a, it's a good question and I've had to explain it uh, many a times and I'm still looking for the perfect way to, to really showcase it. But I, I guess the, I think the best way to, to look at it is, well, it, it's, think back at the last, uh, what was the last presence that you received the gift? And it doesn't have to be an actual thing. It might have been a gesture. It might have been someone, something did for you, um, but something that, that really touched you uh, emotionally where you went, wow, this person has really considered, well, what, so, so can, does anything come to mind there? Well, I think initially the first thing that came to mind was, Getting a thank you is uh, is really special, particularly when it's not uh, expected. Mm. So in terms of that, I really honour someone thanking me for something that I've done. So that would be the th- first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So that's that's probably uh, uh, wasn't what I was going for or looking for, right. but that's all right. It, it, it works what I can because- do is give you... I'll give you my second thing that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. At uh, the recent award nights, mm. I had a number of comments about a tie and a pocket square, though they were matching, and I was really delighted to let people know that my wife had bought those for me as a gift and uh, quite possibly she has better taste than I do. So... That was one gift that I received that really received some acknowledgement. So I was, uh, you know, I was pretty chuffed to get that acknowledgement. Yeah, awesome. So that's the reason I, I asked the question and I, I bring it up is because it's 
it has to do with the emotional impact it has on you. Appreciation is a lot more emotionally laden, if you want to put it that way. It has some deeper connotation and meaning to the receiver, but also to the giver, right? It, it really does require us to dig a bit deeper. It's not just saying, hey, good job on that um, in passing or giving someone a high five, but really considering and saying, well, this is something that matters to me and I care about. Uh, and so I want to, to let you know about that, right? Whether that is a job well done, it really comes down to how it's communicated. And recognition is, is often easy to do and more superficial. And probably the reason why it's more popular or frequent, um, it requires less vulnerability, requires us to open up a little bit less and show a bit less emotion. And especially in the workplace, where it's not generally the, the space where emotion is, is invited to be shared openly by everyone, you don't generally get as much appreciation. Yet without that emotional connection, it ends up being empty words. Don't know if that helps you um, see yeah, the, the I think difference. You're, you're spot on because the pair of socks I received for my birthday didn't certainly... Uh, get appreciated as much as the uh, the tie in pocket square, maybe because they weren't appreciated as much by others as well. The socks were hidden and maybe thought, eh, I'm not sure about this as a gift. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I yeah. think you, know, you make a really good point about the mm. difference. I really like that. I mean, to, uh, just uh, around the gift uh, idea, just, uh, my fiance a couple of years ago gave me some pajama pants, right? And they're silly pajama pants with pizza and space people and, you know, sort of cartoonish. And I was like, these are for little kids. And so when I first got it, I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> but then I started wearing them a few times and I, they were really comfortable. And then they sort of had a little bit of silliness to it. So I really started enjoying them. So although where at first I didn't appreciate the present now I really do and every time I put it on I really appreciate having them and that gesture so it can also evolve over time so it's, it's not just a, something I say now and then it's forgotten in a year's time someone might have mentioned that tie or you know said something about it and you put it on again and it's it's come back all that emotion comes back again and and so again there, there's that difference where it's not just a one thing it's it's something deeply connected to to you as a person i think i was just thinking i guess recognition is really important but you need to connect it to the person you're giving it to so it's appreciated and i love your points about it might not necessarily happen straight away maybe something that evolves or we work into for whatever reason that be and it, I liken it to the awards, the awards, the recognition that the uh, awards, of course, that you became a finalist in recently, are most or more appreciated if you gain value from that. That gives you kudos, credibility that actually turns into something tangible uh, as a result. So I think that's really important for us to understand how we can turn that into appreciation. Mm. And that's just to sort of the last point of that. So the first one is the emotional 
impact, the emotional benefit, you sort of realize, wow, there's really something that's moved me in receiving this gift or this praise about my tie or my pajama pants or, or whatever, whatever it is. But then the second indicator, and this is probably more sort of goes to say, well, was it recognition or was it appreciation, right? If you're ever confused, is to really see, well, has it motivated me to return to kindness in some way, right? By getting that, those pajama pants and every time I put them on and I get that emotional connection to them, I want to somehow give something back, right? Whether it's in showering my partner in, in love and praise or whether it's buying her uh, something nice, right? Just wear some socks or whatever I think might uh, be the thing. It's, it, it motivates me to do something in return. And I think this is the thing we often forget. It's also the thing we often, you know, when we talk about gratitude and not to muddy the waters, but it's another subject that sort of recognition, appreciation, gratitude sit in a box somewhere. Um, but it's often the thing we forget that if it doesn't actually move us to do something in return, well, then it's, it, it is just a recognition of, of something without that personal connection um, to it. So it's, it's those two things, the emotion and the desire to return kindness. I love that. I think that might be why you wanted to transform the way businesses think about their reward and recognition of employees. You know, and then what I love is that you then taught yourself how to code and develop digital platforms. You didn't necessarily have the skills to start with. And I think there's a, a little something there for everybody. You created an app. And that's powerful stuff. Can you break down and tell us how it all came about? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, talking specifically about the app or the like building the app or the concept of the app well i think start with the concept of the app and then what led you to actually build the app and you might like to tell us what it's called as well yeah um so the uh the, the concept started far away from the workplace and it actually started with my younger brother julian uh, and I call him Juju for short sometimes, sort of his nickname is French. Um, I'm Momo, he's, he's Juju. And a few years back, he started doing this thing. Whenever I did something nice, I did him a favor. Uh, we might have been on the beach kite surfing and I saved him or I get him a beer from the bar. He'd go, oh, awesome. Have a Juju point. Here, 10 Juju points for you. And... I always felt good. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll take that, you know, add it to my, um, to my tally. Um, and then we had a, a big family event, a 50th birthday, and a whole bunch of people came together, three, probably four different generations, different cultures, but everyone started using this language. I, I sort of went, what's going on here? That's really interesting. And tried to figure out, well, why are people tagging on to this concept of juju points, a bit silly, but what is behind this? And it got me to look into it and sort of go down the road of understanding what recognition is, what appreciation, you know, looking at typing in, why do people say thank you? Things like that. Um, and that led me down a rabbit hole, which got me to realize, well, hold on, this isn't just something silly Julian does because he's unique and a bit quirky. 
but actually it's a deeply rooted human phenomenon, right? It's something we've done all over the world for thousands of years is this idea of appreciating and recognizing people. Uh, and so I went, well, there's, there's something here. Uh, and at the same time, I was also started looking for, well, how could this principle of giving people juju and juju points be used to solve a real world problem, right? It's all fun to do it between friends, but how often does a 50th birthday come along or how often do we get together with all our friends? So, you know, I went through the process and went, well, in schools, we tend to, you know, have classmates and be in the same class for generally years and years. So that would be good. University might work as well. And then workplaces. And as I explored those, what I found is that workplaces clearly had the most uh, research done on them that also stated that one of the major reasons why people quit, as an example, is because they don't feel appreciated that led to the creation of the app, which is called Juju. Unbelievable. Well, tell us how you um, you clearly didn't have, as I understand it, the skills to put an app together. What did you go and do? Because I think this is really powerful for our listeners. You can have an idea or a concept or you want to make a difference, but there's no excuse just because you don't have the skills or the know-how. So yeah. how did you go about you know, learning and then creating the app? Mm. Well, I had a bit of, a, I guess, a leg up in the sense that I'd studied product design at university. So I was very familiar with the whole process of how do you go from concept to building a product. Um, and I had dabbled in sort of the graphic side or the user interface side of a few apps. So when I look back at them, the terrible you know like <laughs> uh quality but i i uh, had some slight familiarity with it so sort of jumped into that side of things and went well can i actually make it look like something first of all before the functional to sort of show people well hey here's what it could look like that started me on the process and then once i was there i got ever more frustrated so essentially what you have with a lot of these visual apps is that they're a series of pictures that you can then connect by saying if the person presses on this area of the image take them to that space so it's a fancier version of a keynote or a powerpoint presentation but there's no functionality and so i got ever more frustrated by not really being able to show people how this would work because it's quite difficult to do that just in images. Like if you can't type your own message in as an example, it'd be quite difficult. So I started looking for ways to actually prototype the app. Didn't want to build it at first. I was just like, can I prototype this without having to learn how to code and do all of these things? And that's where I found a nice uh, middle ground. And it's uh, back then three years ago, they were already quite advanced, but it's, it's this no-code or low-code uh, platforms that are coming out now. And I think to anyone that sort of has, comes from my perspective where you've got an idea, you want to build something, they, these platforms now allow you to go from an idea to a functional concept. And when I first I researched a whole bunch, I went through about 10 until I found the one where I went, oh, this will actually work. Uh, and then I spent probably a month, uh, so full-time month on it, trying to learn and teach myself how does all of this work. But by the end of that month, I had the first 
fully functioning prototype and was able to give it to a, a client that it said, well, we'll be interested if you build this thing. Then I realized, well, hold on. I've just built a fully functioning prototype. I can actually continue taking this further. I don't need to go and build, you know, I don't need to go and get a round of investments to then get a team of coders to go and build this app for me. I can actually do it all myself and continue to uh, prove the concept, essentially get to that uh, product market fit part of the startup journey without ever requiring the, the backing or the support uh, financially of someone else. And I went, well, that's an interesting new opportunity that sort of if you read in most literature about you know how to do a startup isn't there. And I went, well, I want to try that. I want to give it a go. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was the journey. If that, yeah, uh, it was a, a bit different. And I think the more looking at the features they're releasing uh, on this platform is called Bubble, bubble.io to anyone who wants to, to look at it and has a concept and wants to build something is that it used to only be hardcore coders or people who'd spend three, four, five years coding that could build apps or it was the you know the product the, the the visionary founder who had the concept and then found the technical person to build but that dynamic is now changing because one person can do that or it could be two people who in fact don't have any technical ability but can together work on on creating that um, and so to me it's a the next iteration, it's like computers before there was uh, digital interfaces, uh, you know, and they had the, the, the cards and all the holes in them. Well, that was one big jump to go to the mouse and the, the interface like we have today. The next one will be to allow anyone to create their own app, in my opinion. But yeah. That's pretty Which exciting when you're able to use technology and enhance it. And develop it. I think that's the key mm -hmm. thing. Have a go and then develop as you go. Learn from mistakes or what's working, what's not working, what people need or want. So what's the fundamental purpose of Juju? That is a fantastic question. Well, we've already explored so the, the whole principle around appreciation and recognition. When I first started, and I'll, I'll sort of take two angles to, to answer this question. When I first started, I thought, well, hold on. It makes sense, right? If people feel appreciated for what they do, I've, I've experienced it. My, you know, my boss, even a peer, someone says, hey, a, a teacher says, wow, you did a really good job on that exam or on this project. Or, you know, that was a really good presentation. That makes me feel really proud about my work and motivates me to, again, return, do something with it more right so next time i'm you know i'm even more keen to present i want to put in more effort i went well everyone must understand that by now it seems pretty straightforward and simple and so i went i'll build this app i'll go to hr managers and, and business owners and they'll go wow this is amazing we'll all use it right so very optimistic very naive and so that's what i did but then the response i got was completely different uh, which was a, a bit of a shock. Um, and at first I sort of didn't really understand why, why don't people 
get the the connection here and why do i have to explain then you know really delves into well appreciation is connected to retention and you know your bottom line and and really get into the numbers essentially making a business case for it and so if i really think about it the concept has evolved over the last three years but what's really evolved like what we've really probably gone through six or seven different iterations is how do we explain why appreciation is so important in the workplace in a context that people understand because i think that that was really the the issue with our first iteration of how we explain it people go well appreciation for what right in in the con- what's what's the end goal here what's the purpose where are we trying to get to people got to make people feel good but they went yeah but people do that anyways so we had uh, a hard long think many a times and tried many different approaches to look at well how do we contextualize appreciation within a workplace environment so that it makes sense to everyone after a whole bunch of iterations and not going through all of them where we've currently landed is really around a place of of trust it's deeply related to trust and when i think about culture and a company culture uh, i i see it on a spectrum so on one side you have the toxic backstabbing cultures where you know you don't trust anyone you're micromanaged to death you don't want to be there and so these are sort of exaggerations and we might see them in some of the tv shows like uh, i think the office is probably a, a, a good example of that <laughs> where you you really don't want to be and it's that monday morning dread of going to work but that's on on one side of the spectrum is sort of highly micromanaged and over process you know everything is is protocol and steps so people don't make mistakes and on the other end is the uh flat hierarchy is decentralized everyone gets to make their own decisions it's teamwork it's you know self managed self motivated there's less systems it's flexible agile all of these things but fundamentally to me there's there's two on the left hand side comes down to basic belief that well human beings or employees when left to their own devices will not do the right thing and therefore they have to be managed and overlooked and you know given a proper structure and on the other side of that spectrum is a belief that says when given the opportunity and the right context people will do the best they possibly can so it's looking at human beings completely different and how much we trust them So I started thinking about it in in that context and then I started asking myself well what helps you go from uh let's say a mediocre culture of trust right somewhere in the middle where you trust people sometimes but not everyone to a culture where you really go I know people will do the right thing even when no one's looking the answer to me was well it really comes down if you want to build relationship it's all based on uh sorry if you want to build trust it's all based on relationships so people trust other people so every individual interaction happening in your business is either taking you towards the right side of the spectrum or the left side of the spectrum so every relationship really starts mattering 
And to me, a relationship comes down to two things. Um, one is resonance. Do we have a set of shared interests, right? Do we both like the AFL or cricket? Or do we both like talking about books or, you know, whatever that shared set of interests? And maybe we enjoy both coding or startups, whatever. Like there's so many ways to find these shared interests. Um, and the other one is reciprocity. You, we all have the, you know, the great conversations of resonance with someone we meet at a bar and we go, oh, we had the best chat, but then we never see them again. And that's not really a relationship. That's sort of the one night stand equivalent of a, of a relationship. But when you, we start really building a high quality relationship with people is when uh, you engage in reciprocity. When I might help you out with something, that might be a project that might be bringing you a cup of coffee, right? And generally start smaller, sort of builds up over time. But once you engage in that, it also activates the law of reciprocity, which the moment I do something for you, you will want to do something back for me in some way. And then I went, well, that sounds a lot to me like a game of ping pong. I serve, I pass the ball over to you and you pass it back to me. The more we play, the more we start understanding what, what types of balls you can catch and whatnot, you know, where our skills are. And it's that interaction that's trust. That's the nature of trust is knowing where the other person is, their abilities, what they can um, send back and what, where you can play. And, and so if that's the nature of trust, that's what a, a relationship is based on, then we have to, to start thinking of our company as a, essentially a, a ping pong tournament. Lots of people doing these things. Uh, and the more that happens, the better. Yet, we've all played sports and probably all played ping pong. And there's a big difference between playing with someone who's just having fun and playing with someone who just wants to win. And when that person wants to win, and it's all about winning, and, you know, no matter the cost, then it doesn't become very fun anymore. You play a few grounds and you go, well, I don't want to play with you anymore. So you walk away. So, so there's, there's a level of what I call good sportsmanship required within, within a good game, any game and at work as well. A level of good sportsmanship to say, well, I'm not going to play my hardest if you're not as good as me because I'm, I'd rather play a good game and both of us have fun than you know, beat you 11 to 0 and make you feel terrible. Um, and I want to help you learn a little bit, right? I want, I want to see that. And, and really playing to have a good game, to have fun and not to win all the time. And to me, the best way to, to really engage in good sportsmanship is a deep appreciation for the game. It's to one, understand playing alone is boring. You don't want to play alone. So you, pre you start appreciating the other opponent just to be there, to play with you. To understand when someone is able to return a ball or do something they haven't been able to do before, that's a reason to celebrate because the game just got better. Now it's more fun. And really developing that... Yeah, the sense of good sportsmanship comes down to a love of the game, an appreciation of the game, of the player, of the rules, and how it should be played. 
that is very long-winded answer to explain why appreciation no, is important uh, in the workplace in a way that we've tried to sort of bring it back to something concrete, to a reason to do it that isn't just it's the right thing to do or it makes someone else feel good, but it's really part of a, of, of a bigger picture. So, you know, that's the, the latest iteration. <laughs> We're always always learning, always sort of listening for feedback and what, what people are, how people are responding. But that's the, the latest iteration of it. I think as, as an employer, you have to understand that people appreciate differently, have a different appreciation level. We appreciate different things. So, for example, someone might appreciate the winning. They might appreciate the just the playing. They may appreciate the fitness. They may appreciate the ability of the other person. Mm. They may dislike the competitiveness of the other person in terms of the analogy of what you're talking about. So as an employer, we really need to factor in the person, the individual mm. as well, which I think is what you're alluding to as well. Mm. So it's absolutely fascinating and there's something in everything you said for all of us in terms of how we deal with our relationships as well as employers, friends, and so on. Can you give us some examples of who's using Juju and some identifiable uh, benefits maybe that have come come from using Juju? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Looking back at it, connecting the dots, it makes a lot of sense, but we tend to find the people who really enjoy using Juju because it's of its digital nature are companies that to some extent work in the digital space, right? They're tech savvy. They might be a marketing agency. So they spend a lot of time on Google ads and social media advertisement and websites, uh, or they might be developing a, a platform of their own, uh, right? Whether it's a, some share, a, a sharing economy platform or a, uh, a tool to be used by advertisers. They are, they are themselves in, in the technology space. And I think there's probably multiple reasons for that. One is just an alignment to understand, well, technology is here to improve our lives. So there's that shared belief, but also that those companies generally uh, employ a younger generation of, of people and the whole platform, in, in a way, you could think of it almost like Twitter for appreciation. Right, so there's a very social network element feel to it, and so the younger generations have come up with that. They're used to communicating in that way, um, so it's a bit more natural. Sounds like it's quite uh, uh, flexible and interactive, and maybe even I'm thinking hospitality. Of course, very young, generally younger person in hospitality might be might be great too. It sounds like it's important for everybody. Employees, mm. not just employers, to understand. Well, we're currently exploring it with a, a retailer, so yeah. so they have you know generally younger employees as well. So we'll see how that goes. In terms of the the benefits, that was the second part of that question, wasn't it? When we first started, I thought, well, everyone was going to feel was going to love the ability to receive a juju, right? That that feels good and. People did enjoy that, but actually what they enjoyed a lot more was being able to see what everyone else was being appreciated for as well. And not in the sense of, oh, look at John, he's gotten another gold star, but in terms of 
oh, wow, that interaction is happening in my company. Someone's just fixed a bug, you know, spent all night fixing a bug on the website. I didn't know about that. I would have never known about that. But now I know and I see that people are helping each other out and going the extra mile. And it, it became this feed of jujus that was shared, became this place of, of positivity for the company where all the good stuff that was happening was collected. And so people would love to sign on to Juju in the morning or on Mondays to have a look and go, well, what happened last week? What, you know, what's, what's been going on? And it, it added a positive space for people to go to. They loved that so much, you know, to them, that was so much more powerful than occasionally receiving a Juju, which was nice as well. When I reflect on that, I think that's, it's, it's, it's fascinating because work is full of problems, right? Part of work is solving problems one after the other, but we can also get lost in that and just this one problem after the other. And we don't often stop to celebrate, to go, Hey, we've just fixed this. We've just done that. We've just achieved this. Let's stop. Let's celebrate. Um, let's see that we're making progress. And I think that's like, it was an unintentional benefit, but it's, it's something people really loved about it to say, well, wow, just being able to be reminded that we are actually making progress and things are getting done uh, is awesome. I can see why it would be brilliant. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's the other great thing about building products. You think one thing and then you, give it to people and they do something else with it and you go, wow, okay, I've just learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's a real journey for you uh, with Juju. So you must be pretty proud of what you're doing, which is um, an amazing uh, self-appreciation, I guess, for, um, for what you're doing. You also supplement and extend further the work of the app that you've developed with Juju to deliver workshops on gratitude, appreciation, company culture. How's that going? What are the outcomes you hope to achieve with the workshops and, and talks? Mm. Well, the, um, the, the workshops started from very early on when we gave this platform to people. And we thought, well, it's pretty simple, right? It's straightforward. They appreciate people. They feel good. Um, and everyone, you know, it should click. We quickly realized it wasn't the case and without contextualizing and explaining to people why is this important, why should you do it, people didn't use it, right? People would you set it up and no one would use it. So we started developing the workshops as a way to, as an implementation tool for companies, right? So if they decided they wanted to use Juju as the app, as a platform, we'd come in and run a, a workshop for their team, for their uh, leadership team as well to understand the reasons behind it and a lot of the things we discussed but like today around appreciation versus recognition uh why is it important in the context of work also going into different types and i think you you mentioned this different people like different ways of being appreciated so we dive into that um so that's where it started and then uh it was really last year during covid when we realized people are quite busy just trying to keep doors open, figuring out how to deal with people working from home, all the technology stack that got added on top of what people were already dealing with. 
And we felt, well, if we suggest giving people more technology right now, they might not be very receptive to that. They might, you know, total overload. But at the same time, people were saying, we don't know how to, you know, because we're no longer in the same place, we feel disconnected from our team. We want, you know, people aren't feeling quite uh, from a mental health space the same and we want to to do something. And so, well, why don't we just uh, give people the opportunity to do the workshops to understand why appreciation is important, give them all the tools and then give them some, you know, ways to, to do it without Juju. So whether that's in your weekly whip meeting um, and start just by sharing something you appreciate about someone else or appreciate about something happening in the company um, or whether you start a, a WhatsApp group or a Slack channel to at least get something moving. And we really launched the, the series of workshops as well around Mental Health Week uh, and used this as a, as a fundraiser as well for mental health. So during that week, anyone who did participate in a workshop, all of the proceeds would go to Black Dog Institute. Uh, sort of a, a way to launch it and, and get the word out there. And then since then, we've run a, a few more workshops uh, and have uh, realized, well, there is a whole education piece there. You know, it's, it's the curse of knowledge. Once you've spent three years studying something and going, well, you know, here's why appreciation is so important and, and all of these things, common sense to me, or I take it for granted that everyone knows this. But then you realize, wait, actually, I've, it took me three years to get to this point. So it's also important to share these insights with, with other people and help them get to that point so they understand how, how to apply it to their lives, whether it has an app component, right, or a platform or not. Um, there's a lot of, of important information uh, in it, yeah. Well, I think everybody understands the word appreciation, but maybe we what you're doing is helping us to actually delve into what it really means and how we really engage with people to show that appreciation in, in a practical way that will be of benefit to, uh, to everybody. And I think that's the key, isn't it? It is appreciation is of benefit to everybody. You talked about the karma, I guess. You didn't necessarily use that word, but that's what it is. You're paying it forward and then it snowballs and, Everybody is on that win-win plane. And as a result of all of the terrific work that you've developed over the past few years, you were nominated for the 2021 Luminary Tech Visionary Award, which is part of the Seven News Young Achiever Awards. How did being nominated make you feel? Oh, it was... uh... Uh, I, re- I remember getting the call, I think it was on a Friday afternoon and I was just over the moon and had to tell everyone at first. But I think there was really the, 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 the moment we got our first client signed up and they started using it. You know, that was one of those big, wow, we've, we've done it. Um, like it, people are actually paying for this. They're getting value out of it. And then the next time was to, to be part of, of these awards and to actually have made it to the finals and go well it's we've gotten to a place now where we're able to explain and communicate what we're doing in a meaningful way and this is being recognized and so it was just a, a recognition and appreciation that we're on the right path um and it just 
gave me more motivation to, to keep going, to continue seeing where, you know, how can this be applied and how can we help more people with this? Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic feeling. You went on, as you mentioned, to become a finalist and attend the awards gala presentation dinner at the Sofitel, which uh, must have been a really inspiring night. It certainly was for me. Oh, absolutely. I was just blown away by how many, uh, and, and, you know, the, uh, I think it was the top three finalists for each category that were there. And we got a sort of a brief 60 second pitch or, or background. And there's so many amazing people. And then I went, wow, beyond, there's also probably another 16 people for each category or a hundred, I don't know how many that didn't get. And then wa- watching a lot of uh, TED Talks and podcasts and reading a lot of books and going to a lot of networking events, don't always see the younger generation too present there. Um, and it was just a really great moment to realize, wow, there's a lot of amazing other young people doing things um, and, you know, connected with Bree and Joe, where I think we're catching up today at one for, for a drink because we went, you know, let's, let's keep this going. And it's just something special about being surrounded by other people trying to do something meaningful and valuable, you know, against the odds, not having 20 years experience in the field and just going, let's try and do something. And that, that builds a lot of energy. Uh, and motivation and so yeah it was a fantastic night. I know Luminary were promoting all three of you through their blog as well and Mm -hmm. it's great that you're catching up with Brie because um, and Joe because that is what it's all about and that's what the awards alumni aim to do as well just to give platform for you to promote what you do to help people like-minded people across the awards, and I think we have almost 800 people on the awards alumni. For those listeners have no idea what I'm talking about, it's for all previous finalists and award winners to get together on the um, our Facebook page or a Facebook group to connect and ask questions and so on. So that, that is awesome. What do you, um, I know it's only a little while ago that you were recognised as a finalist, but has it helped promote your work to date? And as I say, I know it was only recently, and the credibility of Juju, or do you feel that it will be helpful? Well, uh, I, I, I think it will be. I think most importantly, um, it's given my it's given myself credibility, as in not you know, that now I feel more uh, that I can tell this to other people. But it's just made me more confident when I am walking into a room with a potential client or to, you know, email someone about potentially speaking for their company, whatever it is. It's just helped me gain a bit more confidence to go. I'm not just a 20 something year old who had this crazy idea from his brother and is, you know, sometimes it, it, it can feel a bit like you're you're going crazy. Um, and so it's, I guess, quieted that voice of doubt a little bit, which is really important. That in itself will help a lot. Um, but then of course, I also think it's a really important thing when people get, um, uh, sort of a, a third 
opinion on it, right? And being able to say, well, no, I was recognized. I did make it to the finals um, for this work. Uh, it does help along in the conversation. We are all social animals and that bit of social proof is, uh, is, is a powerful tool. Yeah, validation is so important. Mm. So what drives you to keep going and keep doing what you're doing? Um, really knowing that it's, it's just such a powerful um, human characteristic way to interact and that it's, it underpins so much of, of a good relationship, of a good culture. Um, yeah, so really knowing if I don't do this, then so much is like, even if it's just a hundred people that I impact, it's a hundred people I don't impact. And even if it's just improving their life by 1%, it's still 1% I don't do. So knowing there's really something behind it and that it can help people. Um, and just the, the, passion as well for trying things like I, I love product design it's what I studied I sort of one of the lucky people who did the study that they were meant to do um, and so I also just love the whole process of figuring out how to communicate these things what features to build what to do next so it's a combination of knowing there's something of value and loving the process uh, yeah yeah I think that's um it's fantastic that you can do what you love doing to, to make a difference. So all power to you. Have you had any hurdles along the way? Is there something that sticks out as a hurdle that you had to overcome but was really worthwhile? Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest one, and it's uh, it, there's two. Uh, one was really not understanding sales and not understanding the corporate context, right? Have, I had a job for two and a half years in a corporate setting, and after that started this. So I didn't understand culture as much as I could have. I didn't understand leadership management, uh, HR, all of these functions that are part of a business. So I didn't understand that. And on top of that, I had no sales experience. And just no idea what I'm doing. And probably if I went back to look at some of our original slide decks and pitch decks, and I would scratch my head and go, what was I doing? Um, so no knowledge of industry and no knowledge of how to communicate it was a hurdle because coming from a product background, I fall in love with the product and I think everyone else will as well. That's not how sales works, right? It's It's not about the... It's one of the classic analogies. It's not about the drill. It's about the hole in the wall. It's not even about the hole in the wall. It's the nail that you want to put in the hole so you can hang something on it. Um, it's, it's getting into that whole mentality was really tricky. And then the other one was, and this, if I were to do it again, is where I would probably find more people to join the journey sooner is doing it all myself, right? So I do love the product development part, but then I have to go from product, figuring out how to sell it, then doing marketing for it, then doing all of the net, like there's just so many parts and I'm 
I, I have to sort of segment myself into these different places. And that's fine for a while, but it does really drag down momentum. As I said, without the experience in sales, it's, it's not just that I spend time having to learn how to do sales, but if things don't work out, it creates a whole bunch of doubt about everything. Whereas if, some, if I brought in someone who, was, who had some experience in that field, then it would have been a, a completely different interaction. We've since, uh, since then uh, have someone in, in Sydney who's come on as sort of a part-time uh, co-founder who's helped a lot in that space. Yeah, so, so that's probably the other thing. I would not go two years without having another person or a, a whole group of people to, to share the, the project with. Yeah. No, it's um, it's very insightful and and good feedback for everybody. I think. On a different tact, what's something that we might not know about you? Uh, what's something you might not know about me? Um, I am an avid kite surfer, um, so I really enjoy uh, kite surfing. I I enjoy the ocean really. So uh, scuba diving, snorkeling spearfishing, surfing, get me, get me in the water and I'm happy. But uh, really the sort of my favorite pastime is kite surfing. Fantastic. Uh, How long have you been doing that? Uh, 10 plus years, probably. Yeah, uh, probably 12 years now. So it's a long time. Um, and it's, it's one of those things I've taken a lot of, a lot of life, life lessons from. Um, one of them, you know, the biggest ones, and I share this with a lot of my friends, is just the, there's a certain degree of fear you have to conquer when you go kite surfing because the wind is slightly unpredictable. If you do a bit of the wrong thing, you might face plant. Now, you're not going to hurt yourself, hurt yourself, but you can. And so it's, it's juggling that fear. And to me, that's been a great teacher doing my business because you're not going to hurt yourself, but there's always that fear of things, you know, people are going to say no, or it's not going to go well, or you're going to be laughed at, whatever it is. And that's why I still love kite surfing because every time I go out, I've learned something new about myself and about life in general. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, there's been uh, plenty of insightful words of wisdom that you've shared today is there anything that you'd like to leave with our listeners in terms of terms of wisdom or encouragement i don't know about wisdom (laughs) um uh but in terms of encouragement uh i guess especially if, if the people listening are are some of the other uh nominees or finalists or future nominees is to to just keep doing it it's it's a bit cheeky but i think nike do have a very good tagline and just do it is uh i always think of you know so easy to just get lost in should i do it should i not Uh, it's going to be scary it's going to be just giving it a go i've learned more in the last three years of doing this than i did in three years of university and probably four years of high school um, about myself, about business, about sales, about marketing, about everything. That's 
for me worth it like worth enough so just give it a go and know you'll learn a lot and yeah that's, that's all i can say i think that's pretty good advice just give it a go don't be afraid of failure i think we learn the fear of failure from others telling us oh that'll never work or don't do that that's not going to happen or you can't manage that whatever it is but i think have a go what's the worst that can happen you start again or you redirect, we learn as you go. We all, as you said, you learn from each time that you developed Juju and amended it to as a new learning. And it wasn't the fact that you failed, it was that you wanted to make it better. And we learn that as we go and don't see things as failure, but learnings. I think that's uh, terrific advice, Maurice. And it has been a real pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much for the invaluable difference you make, the insights you've given us, and certainly lots of wisdom, uh, believe it or not. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I hope you've had uh, a good time too, Maurice. No, I have, and it's always a pleasure to come and be able to share this stuff and share it in a bit of a long, longer-form content, uh, being able to really explain things. Um, and also, you know, thank you, uh, and, and everyone at the uh, Awards Australia team for actually making this possible because it does, uh, at least to me, it meant a lot. I think it meant a, it means a lot to a lot of other young people. Um, and it's it's that little bit of encouragement. And in so many ways, it is appreciation. Um, it is recognition. Um, and that's more motivating than I think we ever really understand. So you know, thank you guys for, for what you're doing as well and putting all of this together. I can imagine it's a it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. We've got an, an extraordinary team who are very passionate uh, about our purpose to make a difference and give people the opportunity to be the best version of themselves that they can be. So, uh, yeah, I have a very, very fortunate position of having wonderful staff who are on a journey. I feel appreciated by them and and likewise for what we do together. Well, Maurice, where can our listeners connect with you online to find out more about you and more about Juju? Uh, so probably the best to stay up to date on all the latest stuff happening is through LinkedIn, uh, probably just finding me on LinkedIn and either connecting with me, always happy to connect or following me. Uh, type in my name. Now there's two of us. Uh, the other one's my dad. So the younger, better looking one is the <laughs> one you need to pick. Um, and otherwise on our website at jujuapp.io. Uh, Juju. You can also jujuapp.io. Perfect. And it's Maurice, M-A-U-R-I-C-E, Shill, S-C-H-I-L-L. Exactly. So get on to it. Look up uh, Murray straight away. Don't delay. It's going to be a valuable and insightful opportunity to connect and find out more about Juju and what Maurice is doing. Mm. Well, I hope everybody else has enjoyed our chat with uh, Maurice as well. And until next week, everybody, be kind, be positive, and keep inspiring because together we make a difference. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I have. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. 
Did you know that Awards Australia is a family-owned business that proudly makes a difference in the lives of those that make a difference for others? And we thank our corporate and not-for-profit partners for making our award programs possible. Do you know someone that's making a difference? Or maybe your business might like to sponsor an award. Contact us through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians, or head to our website, awardsaustralia.com. It would be great if you could share this episode with your network, because who doesn't like a good news story? And please rate and review us. We would really love to hear your thoughts. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.